You're watching me. <laughs> Just spies. You know, watching. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. It's an amazing thing when you read that scripture. That means you can hear the word of God and turn away. And that's a bad thing. That's an eternally bad thing that that should happen to us. But God has opened our ears so we can hear his word. It's good to have Jay and his bride here this morning. Jay, it's good to have you here. Thank you all the way from Philippines. You came. Amen. Good to see you. Amen. The release of his power. God is all powerful. We all know that. God is all powerful. All you have to do for me is just look into the sky. And I can see the manifestation of his great power. It's an amazing thing how huge the universe is. And this God made all of these things. And everything in order. Nothing shifting. We don't have to be afraid of anything. This is the power of the living God. The power involved with order. There's so much order in the universe. I know the world is chaotic now. That's because of man. But with God, everything is in order. Everything beautiful, God made. He is such an awesome God. Wouldn't you love to experience His power right before your eyes in manifestation? Wouldn't you enjoy it if you have the finger of God touching your life? To transform you. Just the finger of God Touching your life. The power of God released in your life. That power can transform your life. It transformed my life from way back there. I never knew I would continue with God. But God has kept me. The power has been there. And it's growing. God has been so faithful. Now, today, I can see that same power with so much confidence. That generations after me. That's my children. After me, I am so confident that God has begun with me and will continue to work with my family. If Jesus tarried, I have no fear, no concern. My family now belongs to God. And we are in good hands. I'm not talking about all states. <laughs> Amen. We are in good hands. And so are your families. Amen. They are, if you know Jesus... They are in good hands. God never forgets his people. He said, I have engraving you in the palm of my hand. If God looks at his hand, he sees you. He sees your name. He sees your family. God said to Abraham, in you, every family of the earth will be blessed. And he's speaking about your family. And that's my family. God's blessed us. Can I hear an amen? You are blessed. Whether you believe it or not, God's blessed you. And if you don't want the blessing, it's too late. You're in church. Amen. God's blessed you. I found that the scripture holds the secret 
of the release of God's power. There's so much in the scriptures. The scripture holds the divine secret for the manifestation of God's power. The secret is this. The word of God sent. The word of God sent. Listen to this scripture here. Psalm 107 verse 20 tells us this. He sent his word and healed them. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. In other words, he delivered them from death. He sent his word and healed them. There is a deep secret in this particular scripture. Psalm 107 verse 20. Every time God wants to do anything, guess what he sends? His word. The word of God holds the secret for your deliverance. For your prosperity. The word of God. God wanted to heal them. So what did he do? He sent his word. So the secret for your deliverance, the secret for your healing, the secret for your blessing is in the word of God. God will always send his word whenever he wants to do something beautiful, something good. Whenever he wants to give order, whenever he wants to do something beautiful, he sends his word. You know that from Genesis. In the beginning, God said, and God said, and God said, he sends his word, and the word accomplishes it. So, in the word of God, there is the power for fulfillment. So, what I need is to get a hold of the word of God. Examine it. Amen? Study it. Hold it. Behold it. Look at it. Turn it. Make sure you understand what he's telling you. So that you can have a broader understanding. And when you have a broader understanding, you have a better platform to stand on His Word. And the Word will not fail you. It's the Word. He sent His Word and healed them. That's the secret. Everything God does, He sends His Word to do it. There's a, there a scripture it's kind of interesting. In John chapter 9, Jesus uh, was walking and he, they saw, he, he and his disciples, they saw a man that was born blind. He was blind from birth. And I'm, in my mind, I see the nature of his blindness was, diff it was different from what we consider blindness to be. Because there is no way you could see a person and decide all of, I know without someone telling you that he was born blind. You can't tell. They have to tell you. But the disciples looked at him. They knew he was born blind. Why? Because I believe that there was just thick skin, no opening. Hello? Just thick skin, no opening. And Jesus saw him and, and the disciples said, wow, who, who did who did such wrong? Who sinned? This man, when he was born that way, how could he have sinned? From his mother's womb? Who sinned, they said. This man or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus said, no, no, no. He wasn't because of him. Because of sin. This is different. This is because God wants to manifest his glory. Amen. 
And you know what he did? He went back to the beginning. He spat on the ground. And he made clay. You remember that? He made clay. And then he anointed the man's eyes. I don't think he was putting dirt into the open eyes. I believe he was just flat. Nothing open, you see. He was demonstrating the power of creation. When he made Adam in the very beginning. Amen. He, he was doing the same thing. So he anointed his eyes with the, from his mouth. The mouth of God himself. Amen. He is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That was spit from God himself, put over his eyes. And then he sent him to the pool called Siloam, to go and wash. You know what the translation of that pool means? Sent. Sent. He sent him. He was the sent one. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, even so I sent Jesus is the word of God. What did God do? God sent him to bring deliverance to us. And if you study the word of God, that Jesus, you get your healing. You go to the word of God, listen to the word, you get your deliverance. You get your freedom. He sent him to the pool called Salom, meaning sent. That's the God that we that we serve. God, whenever he will do something great, he gives his word. He sends his word, and the word heals them. John tells us, in John chapter 1, verse, uh, 1 John chapter 1, beginning from verse 1 and 2, he says, that which was from the beginning, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have heard of him who was from the beginning, which we have seen with our eyes. We saw it with our own eyes. We looked upon him, which we have looked upon and have handled with our hands. We handle, and it says, of the word of life. So the word of God became a man. And they were able to look upon the word of God. It was the word of God sent to them to bring deliverance to the world. John was saying, we handled him. We looked at him. We saw him with our own eyes. Now, I know you can't see him, but when you take the scriptures and you look at the scriptures and you behold the scriptures, you handle the scriptures, guess what? You're handling eternal life. And eternal life will swallow up natural life in victory. So what we need is the word of God. We need the word because that's where the power is for the release so that there will be a manifestation of what God has said in his word. The word of God has both the renewing and the keeping power. God's word can renew if you need renewal. And after you have been renewed, he'll keep you there. So no, no going back. He keeps you the same. He's the word of God. Now Hebrews chapter 1 tells us this. He's, verse 3, he says, Who being, that's Jesus, the word of God. So because God is the word. Jesus is the word of God. God Jesus being in the brightness, the brightness of his glory. And the express image of his person. 
And look at what it says. And upholding all things by the word of his power. He upholds everything by the word of his power. Guess what? You are put together by God's word. The, only, the reason why you are able to breathe and you are sitting and looking at me, that's because the word of God is holding your body together. Your whole life is held together by God's word. Upholding all things, all things, including you and the universe, all things by his word, the word of his power. And my thinking is this, if I can get more of that word inside me, amen, the same word that is holding all things together, that same word, now I am filled with that word, that makes you a different kind of human being. That's why John was saying, we saw him with our own eyes. We handled that word. When you understand the word, and you handle the word, and you know what the word is like, then you can release his power to accomplish whatever God called you to accomplish in life. And then you have no fear. Because the word of God is in you. And the word of God is spirit. They're one and the same. And if the Spirit of God is in you, you have no fear. You, Satan will simulate all these circumstances, but you know you have the Creator who is living inside of you. The one that can make all things manifest and that can hold all things together by the word of His power. I have Him in me. And you have it in you. There's a, sometimes when I'm praying for the sick, if I can, I like to hold them because the greater one lives in me. And when I can hold them and I keep them to myself, sometimes I've done that. So I decide I'm not going to pray this time. Maybe the Spirit telling me that. And I hold them. And then when I lift them, I say, now check yourself. And he says, the pain is gone. (laughs) Amazing. You don't feel nothing. But he's there. He's the Word. He's the Word. That's why I'm confident that next Sunday I'm going to see people healed. I know I will. I know I will. I've seen them by the grace of God. I I am a spectator like everybody else. Amen. And God's the one doing it. I I, I just am a spectator. I see them with broken limbs come and God healed them. How he does it, I don't know, but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And God's going to do the same here with us. He's the brightness of his glory. He upholds all things by the word of his power. He says, when he had purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of his majesty, majesty on high. He purged our sins. That's so important. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all you need to do is, uh, Jesus, can you purge me now? <laughs> Amen. Because that scripture is still being fulfilled right here. And no one is excluded. Jesus said, everyone who comes to me, I welcome. No one is rejected. No matter how bad you have been. Sometimes I'm watching television and this guy has been a serious murderer. But now he's repenting. He's murdered people that maybe they didn't know God and those guys went to hell. Because they didn't know Jesus. And here he is. He has received Jesus. And he has the smile. 
How many of you remember, uh, is it Faith Tucker? Tammy Faith something, Tucker. There was a lady that they, they, they Tammy Faith Tucker? Yeah. George Bush had to sign for her to be executed. But she was saved. And she killed a guy. And then everybody could tell she's transformed. And she's going to heaven. And I don't know if that guy is in heaven. Just because she asked. Right? Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. So you can sit there today and say, God, you know, I want all of my sins wiped away. And God says, all right, my son paid for that. Amen? You have that. And say, God, you don't understand. I did a lot of bad stuff. You mean bigger than my son dying on the cross? That's what you're saying? Uh, Get a hold of your pride now, okay? Just ask for forgiveness. And make up your mind, I'm going to go the other way. And he'll fill you with the power to live that life. Amen? He'll fill you with that power. Let me say this to you. Every word of God is a covenant. Everything that you read in the word of God is a covenant. Covenants are established on promises. There cannot be a covenant without promises. The covenant promise. When God makes a covenant, he's not just making a covenant. He comes with promises. And every promise of God is good. He washes over his covenant. In Hebrew chapter 8 verse 6, he says that Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant. Established covenant established on better promises. So the covenant is always established on a promise. And the promise is for you. We can read that scripture. He has obtained a better and more excellent uh, ministry in as much as he also the mediator of a better covenant which was established on what? Every covenant. The New Testament is a covenant. And is established on promises that God intends to keep on your behalf. Can you see that? It's a better covenant. Now, in the old covenant, you can imagine this. God also made a promise to them in that covenant. He told them in, in uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, He told them, He said, if you follow my way and you keep my laws, I will be your doctor. And there will be no sick person among you. He told uh, about three million people. Guess what happened on that day? They believed it. And there was no sick person in the whole. Just three million people believed his covenant, the promise, and nobody was sick. You can read that Psalm 105, verse 37. Not a single sick person in the whole camp. Three million people. That will put the doctors uh, out in Houston. No sick person. Three million, no sick. The doctors will be calling. We got to move out of Houston. There's no sick person here. Business is really bad in Houston. Thank God there are sick people. My wife can make a business, you know. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 
I think I'll go home with somebody else this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the word of God. Covenant promises. One of those covenant promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, Psalm 89, verse 34. God says, my covenant I will not break. And I'm not going to make an excuse for myself because I want to break it. Neither will I alter any word that goes out of my lips. Do you see that? I will not break the covenant promise. I will not even alter it. No matter what's going on, I'm not going to order it. Because I've said it, I'll do it. So all I need is to get a hold of the word. Get a hold of the promise. Contained in the promise is the power for fulfillment. You know, as a little boy, I used to think, well, if Jesus was the one that made all the world and he created everything, who was holding the world together when he died? Am I the only one that thinks stuff like that? (laughs) He died. Who was holding the world together then? Who was in control? If he is the word and there is only one God, right? There is no no two gods, right? Just one God. And then he died. So who is holding the world together? How come humans are able to, to, to stay, stay alive when the source of life is gone? No. That was the word in human flesh. You can kill flesh, but you can't kill the word. Amen? The word was still active. Holding everything in place. Everything. And the word can hold your life in place. The word can hold your life in place. So what are we saying then? How do we release the power of the word into our lives? It's funny. You know, some people pray and God answers. (laughs) And some others pray. (laughs) And they they wonder, well, how come God don't answer my prayer? They don't have confidence in, in, in their prayer life. They don't believe God's going to answer. How is it? God is not a respecter of persons, right? Everyone is accepted with him. How is it that some people can pray and God will answer and others don't seem to have a way with it? What's going on here? The difference is clear. The release of the power of God in the word. You know, Paul said, I am not ashamed. You can read that in, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. In other words, I am not ashamed to speak God's words. I am not ashamed to speak God's words. It always works. I can never be ashamed of speaking God's words and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power, can I hear the word power please? The gospel is power. The word of God is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and for the Greek also. The word of God, the gospel, the word of God is power. The power is only released 
for fulfillment, for salvation, which is a compound word, means your deliverance, your healing, your freedom from sin, your name being written in the book of life. That's what that word means. It's the power of God to salvation from whatever, financial, whatever it is, to salvation to him who believes. So, Every promise of God has that power. It's there. What I have to do is to accept that word, examine it, so you can know how to release that bomb. Amen? To do what you want. You got to know. And the way to release it is to believe in it. Every promise of God that is accepted believed and acted upon God will act if you do it without fear every promise of God that you truly believe and if you believe it you'll be talking about it to your friends and everybody if you believe it you live it you talk about it you sleep with it you wake up with it every promise of God that is believed and acted upon will receive a release of the power of God. That's why Paul says, I'm not of change. It is the power of God unto salvation. If you believe. The, mo- the problem we're having is many people hear the word of God and they don't believe enough to act on it. So it doesn't work for them. And if they, if they find anyone that will believe it and act on it, uh, they make him, they set him aside. That's in the group of oral robbers. And so they put themselves, there are no, God doesn't separate between people. You can believe the word. The key is to act on the word. And I'm going to close with, uh, as I've, uh, this message just to show you a few examples from the scriptures that the key the key to your deliverance, the key to your healing, the key to your freedom is to read that word, examine the word, understand it, and then act accordingly and watch what God will do. If you are afraid to act on it, it will not work for you. It's like Jesus telling Peter, come. Oh, that's all he said. Remember the word? Peter, Peter saw Jesus walking on water. And he said, hey, can I come? If it's you, bid me to come. And the simple word went out, come. But that was coming from the eternal God. And he immediately stepped into the water and he walked for a while. But I can tell you the truth. If he had taken one of his legs and tried the boat to check the water, if it would hold his weight, we know he's not, he will never do it. But what we want to do is we don't act on it by faith. But Peter believed, if that's Jesus, I've seen miracles before, I can do it. If all I need is you give me the word to come and I'll do it. And that's what he did. He walked on water until he changed his mind. Jesus looked at a man in Matthew chapter 12. He looked at the man who was paralyzed. It was the Sabbath day. And they were watching Jesus if he will heal the man. It's amazing. Sometimes people have more faith in you being 
touched by God than you who is sick. I don't understand that. But everybody thought they were watching Jesus to see if he would heal the man. And I noticed when Jesus healed that man, Jesus didn't say to the man, uh, Son, I'm healing you now. He just looked at him and said, Stretch out your hand. Well, he had a withered hand, right? That wouldn't be a good statement to say, for, to say to a man who has a withered hand. You know how many of us will reply, uh, what do you mean? We want to examine it. What do you mean, stretch out your hand? Everybody here knows my hands withered. I can do that. But the Bible says, and he stretched out his hand, and the hand was restored. I'd like to read that scripture with, to you. <coughs> Excuse me. Matthew 12, verse 13. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. That's all he said. It was a command. Stretch out your hand. Not, I'm healing you, now stretch out your hand. No. He just said to him, stretch out that withered hand. And what did he do? He stretched it out. And it was restored. When was it restored? When he stretched it out. So we don't make them think, we just make you do what you couldn't do before. Sometimes in the crusade setting, I would tell them, if, you, if you're blind, open your eye and see. And if I say, well, I'm blind, how can I open my eye and see? Well, that's the way it works. Think it in your mind and decide, I'm going to open my eyes and see. And no split second, God meets you right there. Like Peter didn't sink a little bit before he walked on water. No. When he stepped out on that water, it was solid for him to walk on. Otherwise, he wouldn't have taken a second step. So God meets you when you act on it. When you believe it enough and you act on it, he's right there. He will not allow his word to fail. That's why Jeremiah 1, 12, 12, 1, he says, God watches over his word to perform it. So we need to understand that. There was another man that was brought down through the roof. And the people were, Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And the people said, no man can say that. That's blasphemy. And Jesus said, which is easier to say? So it's a question of what he says. The word. The word that he says. Which is easier to say to the man? Your sins are forgiven you? Or rise up, take up your bed and walk? And he said to the, so you know the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on the earth. And he said to the man, hey, fellow, take up your bed, roll it up, and go home. I like that scripture because the guy, he just got up, took his bed. He didn't say hello to anybody. He walked out. Read it. He just, he just got, he followed the command to the tea. He didn't say, hi, fellows. He got his bed. He said, bye. He was gone. Read he was healed. And they said, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? Well, the one who healed me said to do it, so I did it. He obeyed. That's why to obey is better than, and to hearken than the fast of Ram. That's what we need to do. If we would just act on the word without question. Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher. He created you. He knows everything about you. Nothing has escaped his heart. He can take care of you. All you need to do is trust him and act on his word. That the word will never fail. And he'll never fail you. 
He'll never fail you. Never. First Kings chapter 8, verse 56. He tells us there, we won't have it, but he tells us there, he says, there has not failed one word of all his good promises. There has not, and I'm going to read it. It says, but blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel. He gave them rest. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, according to all that he promised. Remember, covenant established on promises. According to all that is promised, there has not failed not one word of all the good promises that he promised through Moses. What about the promises he made through Jesus to us? If, if there has not failed one word that God promised through Moses, just a man. What about his son, the promises he made? Not one word failed. I think I need to examine myself and say, God, I need your help. What's going on here? So that my life can be delivered. We are established on better promises. So God is able to do that. This is what gives me confidence to just step out and be a fool. Pray for them. <laughs> I can't heal a fly. <laughs> but Jesus said I can. So I can. Amen. So I go out there and do what God asks us to do. And every one of us can. That's the way I like it. All of these guys going with me to Nigeria, they'll be healing. Like praying for the sick. It's going to be amazing. I think when I get back to my hotel room, I'll be shouting and dancing because of all I've seen all through the day, what God was going to do. I know that he's going to do that. We need to understand that. You act on his word. Jesus said to the lepers, go show yourself, right? And they were already on their way when it hit them. Amen? The word was testing to see, are they going to turn back and say, well, this is not working I, I, we've been walking for the first five mile now. How many miles have we walked, brother? He, did he really say we should go? We could get stoned, you know. Uh, but he said to go, we're going. We're going. And on the way, uh, before long, wow, look. They were all excited. They got healed. And the Samaritan, he couldn't handle this. He, was, he expected something, but he never really knew. He was the only different one among them. Maybe he will exclude me. But he never excluded him. He says, I got to go back and thank him for this mercy. He loves you more than I. Amen. He loves you. And he'll take care of you. He'll take care of your family. Amen. Let's come this next Sunday. I don't care what's been happening to you. I think we prayed with somebody here who was having trouble seeing, can't read. He could see. You can decide to keep your healing or you can decide you don't want. But God is able to give it. So let's come ready next Sunday. Amen. Let's come ready. I'm going to close here. Uh, Bow your heads with me. If you're here today and you haven't committed your life to the Lord Jesus, why do you want to keep him outside the door? He wants to be your friend. He is the kind of friend that is closer than a family member. Your natural family member. He will be closer to you than your family member. All you need to do, notice if somebody is standing at the door, he's wanting to come in, right? He wants to come in to be with you. So Jesus has been standing out wanting to be your family member, to be a part of your family, part of your life. Today, you will 
allow him to come in. Amen? You will allow him to come in. All you need to do is just to raise your hand and say, God, yes, I am willing. All eyes closed. All heads bowed before our God. Let's honor his presence here today. And you're here today and your heart's telling you, I really need Jesus. For me, I need him every day. Every single hour, I need Jesus. If you want to say to him today, I need you, Jesus, come in. I want, I want you to be my family member. If that's you today, at the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see that. See that. Thank you. God saw your hand today. That's wonderful. Sometimes people, somewhere inside their heart, they really want to raise their hand. But something is holding back and saying, you don't want to do that. Let me let you know if it's in your heart to do that. God saw your heart. Why don't you do this? When you get back home, it's between you and your father. Tell him, God, you know, I really wanted to raise my hand there. Can I raise my hand here between me and you? And he'll hear you and begin the work in your life. Amen. It's been a great privilege for me to know him. I've told the Lord there's nothing more important in life. Knowing Jesus is number one for me. That's what puts my life together. I'm so grateful. Amen. Pray with me, everyone. Especially those that raise their hands. Pray with me now. That's you telling Jesus, I welcome you. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, the Word of God, to bring salvation and deliverance, forgiveness of sin into my life. Lord Jesus, I open my heart and I ask you to come in. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior, my friend forever. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer this very hour. In Jesus' name, amen.